Father God, it's on that power that we stand today. Today we stand on the power and authority that Jesus has to break chains and to tear down strongholds in our lives. God, we ask that you would just show up here today, that you would transform lives, that you would take a vase into your kingdom, that right here in this place, your kingdom would come, your will would be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. We're in Acts 5. If you want to turn there. Did everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Did anybody have a bad Thanksgiving? Nobody willing to admit it? At the end of the night, my aunt, whose house we were at, said uh, she, she's a really good cook. She bakes everything. She was telling me at the end of the night, she said, you know, sometimes I just get in a mood to bake dessert, like pies and cookies and all this stuff. I said, man, next time you get in one of those moods, let me know, because I'm always in the mood to eat pies and cookies and dessert. I don't know that she'll do it, but... She was telling that because her husband went to the doctor and she went with him and the doctor said, do you love your husband? She said, yes, I love my husband. She said, well, then stop cooking for him because he's obese. He needs to lose some weight. <laughs> she said, I'll cook for him. I'm not shoving it down his throat. He has that decision to make. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> she could make me obese because that pie was good. <clears throat> I'm going to read Acts 5. I'm going to read... 12 through 16. Before I do that, real quick, I want to mention something because I haven't been doing a good job of leading up to stuff. <clears throat> I'm asking you guys to be praying about something as we head toward the, the beginning of the year. Something, uh, something we're talking about doing is calling the whole church to a fast starting at the beginning of the year. Um, we will talk more about fasting as we go along, duration, all of that stuff, but it's something I want you to guys to have in your heart and have in your mind, like launching into the new year. Well, what, what, does, what does God want from this church, from this body, from me, from you, yada, yada, yada. So anyways, be praying about that. That's just something I'm going to throw out there. Acts 5, I'm going to read 12 through 16. <clears throat> That's all I'm going through today. <clears throat> Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. They were all healed. This week I started reading this and... I started looking at it, and at the end of last service, we came up here for prayer time, and I mentioned something that at the end, I just really felt like I had this feeling that God was pointing out anger. <clears throat> 
And in particular, I felt like there was a couple people that are fighting with anger, and it's really what keeps them from loving people well and being able to properly serve God. And as I started reading this and I started preparing my message, I just couldn't shake that feeling. And I looked at this and I thought, you know, we talk about church and how church is done and, and, and anymore man has this plan for church growth where we have the right programs and the right teachers and the right preacher and the right temperature and the right comfort and the right size building in the right location and we try to map all of these things out for church growth. And here what you see is a group of believers that are just getting together at Solomon's portico and it even says that none of the rest even dare join them. But the people held them in high esteem, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. I looked at this, and I read it, and I thought about signs and wonders, and I thought about... <clears throat> thought about freedom. I thought about freedom and I thought about a couple different things that believers allow to keep them, or not like unbelievers maybe allow to keep them out of church. And some of the things they talk about is hypocrites. And then you have the holier than thou religious crowd. I don't want to be those people. I don't want to be those people. I want to be the people that are free. And why? Let's, let's talk about freedom for a minute. The Bible tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And sometimes in the church setting, we in the church setting, we look at the church at large and we just think of, well, if the Spirit of the Lord is here in this building, then people are, are able to move in their spiritual gifts, and prophets can be prophets, and teachers can be teachers, and evangelists can be evangelists. But I don't want to just look at that. I, I wanna I wanna scale it down and I wanna look at you as an individual. I wanna look at us as people because sometimes Sometimes when we're not truly free, what we think is the Spirit of the Lord leading us to do something is actually our own thoughts, our own desires, our own past, the, the history that we have. And so I could use the example sometimes I think, you know, that like a worship team that's led by the Spirit and so they're just following the Spirit. Sometimes they just want to hit tension a little bit longer. They, want to, they like this song. This song's feeling good and it's, it's got them where they're at. So they're just going to play that song a little bit longer and claim that they're being led by the Spirit when really what they're being led by is a need for attention. Sometimes a pastor could get up here and say, man, I'm being led by the Spirit and so I'm going to call you out for this thing, but it, it's really not necessarily being led by the Spirit. I just, I just want to call you out for something. I just, I, just, I just feel like talking about this today. I just... I just feel like saying this. I, I actually think a lot of that is why we've gotten to the point where it's like the church is only calling out one sin, and I think you all know what that sin is, and it's because 
people in the church usually aren't struggling with that one sin, so it doesn't hurt our bottom line and it doesn't hurt our numbers because if we point at that group of people, they're probably not here anyways, and the pastor's probably not struggling with it, where if I point out a sin that I'm struggling with, I feel bad about myself, so it's easier to, <laughs> if you see what I'm saying, and it's easy to say I'm being led by the Spirit. We need to be free so that when the Spirit of the Lord, there's freedom. So if the Spirit of the Lord is inside of me, the Spirit of the Lord is pointing things out to me that's inside of me that stands opposed to Christ and helping me deal with them and work through them and walk past them so that I can then come here and move and operate freely amongst you because now I'm free of what's inside of me that's causing me to act and react in a way that is unbecoming, that is unglorifying, that doesn't allow me to really reflect the image of Christ. It's important that I'm free so that I can come up here and say what God's called me to say and not worry about what you guys think or how you will react. I'm telling you, when we started doing this in Avaz, that was the craziest thing to me because this is where I grow up and everybody, well, let's be, let's be, the time has changed. Not everybody around here knows me. But there's a lot of people here who know me, B.C., Jason B.C., right, before Christ. And if some of those people walked in here and heard me preaching, it would be very easy for them to come up and say, what gives you the right? <laughs> That's an office quote, just so you know. What gives you the right? <clears throat> who do you think you are? <laughs> Sorry, I get off track. But I thought about it, I read this, and I thought, here's these people these people who see what's happening in the church and their friends are sick and afflicted and they are so desperate to get them. Now it says to take them out and get them on the sidewalk so that Peter's shadow would pass over them so that maybe be healed. But truthfully, what they're trying to do is get them to Jesus. Are we that desperate for our friends? Are we that convinced of what God has done in our lives that I'm so desperate that I would drag my friend who can't walk out on a mat and lay him on the sidewalk just so somebody would walk by so that their shadow might follow them, just so they might get a little taste of what Jesus has to offer? Are we that free? It's the only way, it's the only way that we can be who God wants us to be and who He's created us to be is when we're truly free. If I truly understand what Jesus did for me, then Satan has nothing that he can use to speak into my ear, to condemn me, to convince me that I'm something that I'm not, or to, to, to lead me off course. If I understand the freedom in which I'm allowed to move and operate. It doesn't matter what man says against me, what man tries to hold against me, I don't care because I understand what Jesus did. And so what here we're talking about is a sickness in the body in large part. They're talking about sick people. 
I don't want to make it sound like I don't care about sick people, but if I was blind, there wouldn't be much more I would desperately desire than to be able to see, right? If I couldn't hear, I would desperately desire to be able to hear. But there are people all around us that are spiritually dead. That are in bondage and in chains. And sometimes I think we're so wrapped up in the physical that we forget that those people are spiritually dead. I think I actually I I actually think this is an epidemic in the church that people are spiritually dead. I hate to say that, but I really feel like there's so many people that know Jesus, but one day they're going to go to Him and He's going to say, who are you? <clears throat> he brought... They brought the sick and the afflicted. That word sick means weak, infirm, or feeble. The word afflicted means molested, disturbed, troubled, and vexed by demons. I want you to think of, how do I say this? <clears throat> Let's just use anger because that's where I feel like I really, I, I'm feeling that as people. There's other people that are struggling with other things. I'm going to speak about anger partly because that used to be me. Jason in BC, Jason in high school was violently angry. Like, I can remember one day in particular that we had sold, um, and I may have told you this story. If, if I have, I'm sorry, but we sold like these cups that are supposed to keep things hot and cold for some fundraiser at school. <clears throat> and they were football related. So we, I had bought a Kansas City Chiefs one because I'm, I'm the right, I'm, you know, I'm right in that way. So I root for the Chiefs. And we had just gotten them. They're plastic, you know, now you've got these Yetis and all that. It, it's one of these old plastic things, right? And on the day we got them, I, I had just picked it up from ordering it and it had finally been delivered. And I got it and I walked out to my car and I had the cup in my hand with the handle around back. And I walked out and I got, I had an old 67 Mustang and um, I'm a Ford guy, but Fords don't always start when you want them to. <clears throat> and I can remember on this day, I tried to start this car and it wouldn't start. And I got so mad. I had that cup in my hand. I just started punching it. And like the first punch broke it, but just, just enough that when I hit it the second time, there's all those plastic shards that just cut into my hand. And I sat in my car and just beat that thing until there was nothing left except this plastic handle that was around my hand. And the rest of it's in pieces all over my car. I punched things, I yelled at things, I threatened people. I mean, the, the, I mean... Listen, I was called into the office because everybody in school knew that I was going to fight somebody after school and, and I was brought in and threatened by the, 
the, the principal and the vice principal, and they had nothing on me because I didn't care if they kicked me out of school. So finally they called the football coach in, and he told me I couldn't play football the next year and got me to back down, and they literally made an announcement over the school speakers. Attention, fight fans. The, the fight for after school today has been canceled. <clears throat> okay. I had a violent, wild temper. I was, I was toxic. I was all of these things. But here's what I want you to understand about my anger. The anger was a symptom. The anger wasn't really what I was dealing with. It was a symptom of something inside of me that was wrong. It was off. It was bad. And, and anger, when we, when we suffer with anger, it didn't matter if I got hurt, I got angry. It didn't matter if I was rejected, I got angry. It didn't matter if I had shame, I got angry. It didn't matter if I was supposed to be sad, I was angry. It didn't matter what it was. Anger is how I reacted. So anger was the symptom, but really I think a big part of me, the cause was um, my self-esteem. If I felt less than. And anger was the coping mechanism. It was the thing like, you know, Nobody's going to reject me. Nobody's going to talk down about me because if they do, <laughs> I'm going to punch them in the mouth. Now, here's an interesting thing, and some of you will understand this and some of you won't. I think, I think a long time ago, God started calling me to this because God set me free from anger long before He ever called me to church. God dealt with me and He helped me move past that and to, and to begin to process things and get over some things before He ever called me in to any sort of ministry or actually before I ever accepted Christ because anger is what drove me to a lot of things. And I'm, I'm telling you that it gets you in a place. It, it damaged my relationship with the lady that's now my wife. We could not be in a healthy, good relationship because I was always angry, always. If she talked to the wrong person or said the wrong thing or, or wore the wrong thing or went the wrong place, it didn't matter. I was angry, right? It didn't matter if the wrong person come and talked to her. I was angry. Anger can do it. I mean, I'm using anger, but you all understand that if there's something inside of you that, that keeps you in bondage, that keeps you there. Another thing that it can do is when you're afflicted, when we think about this word afflicted, that's what I said earlier. When we're free, Satan and this, these demonic forces can't come and say things to me to lead me off if I'm truly free. But if I'm still battling these feelings of self-worth or anger or hurt or whatever this thing is that I'm battling with, they know it and they can come and they can speak that to me and they can use that against me and send me spiraling off course. And when I do that, what happens? It doesn't just damage me, it damages if I'm a Christian and trying to be an image bearer, then all of a sudden I look like a hypocrite because I'm doing all of the things that I'm not supposed to do. If I understand that I'm free from sin, okay, you guys have heard me say this, and I say it all the time, but I'm going to keep saying it, that I hate the phrase, a sinner saved by grace. And the reason I say that is because we keep saying that over and over, and we keep identifying ourselves as sinners, and I want us to move past that. I want us to begin identifying ourselves with Christ and His righteousness. 
It doesn't make sense. Yes, I'm still going to sin. But now I have this freedom that I can get up here and freely admit to you all that I'm a sinner. I can get up here and freely admit to you guys that I don't do everything right on a day-to-day basis, on a minute-to-minute basis, that I still fall short and say things that I shouldn't and do things that I shouldn't, but that Christ is setting me free. It's for freedom that He has set me free so that I can be free because if I get up here and pretend to be something that I'm not, I become a hypocrite, but I can also then get myself into that holier-than-thou because I really think people in church that get there, they're no, they're no better than anybody else. They're not sinning any less or doing anything. They just have a better image. They have an image, an inflated image of their self that now they're better. And truthfully, some of it is because some of us have walked so long that we've lost that attachment to what Christ has done for us. And so partly that's why we've lost the urgency to drag somebody to Him is because we've, it's just dulled down and it's forgotten how much He's truly done for me. I don't want you to get me wrong. I, I really wanted to see and I believe we will. Actually, I know that we have already seen people physically healed and physically set free in the, not necessarily in this building, but maybe in the parking lot. But at least as a congregation, we have seen that happen. I believe we will see it more. But, but what I want to see truly happening, because the way I see this working here, if we get free, people will see it. It says that all the believers were meeting in Solomon's portico, but none of the rest dared join them. But the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were being added to the men and women. Well, how were they being added to the men and women if those people were never coming and hearing the message? Think about about the guy that was so possessed, he said, I am legion. Think about if you know somebody that's in that much bondage and that much, that much oppression, that once they're set free and you see that freedom, you're going to see it in their everyday life. Because ultimately that's what I'm talking about, is not you being able to come and be free in the church setting, but you to be free from Sunday to Sunday. So that on Monday when you go to work and the people you work around see you being the same person that I see you being here. And you being free to do that understanding and operating that, man, I I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. I I don't know every word of Scripture. I don't pray perfect prayers. Every time I lay hands on someone, they don't get healed. Every time I speak the gospel, someone doesn't accept it. That's part of the freedom I'm talking about. The spiritual is so much more important, in my opinion, than the physical. Signs and wonders to people would be you being delivered of something that you've wrestled with your whole life. 
If people have known you as an angry, hateful person and all of a sudden you're delivered of that and now all of a sudden you're loving people and praying for people and, and talking to people, people are going to see that as a sign and a wonder of something that God has done in your life. Another thing that I truly believe, it says here, you know, that the believers are all meeting in this place, but none of the rest dared join them. They wouldn't join them because they were afraid. They wouldn't join them because Jesus just died not long ago, like a really brutal death. And so to kind of start running with these same guys who are running with him is probably a terrifying experience. And that's a lot of what we see with the world. Sometimes people get associated with people and they don't want to be seen tied in with church people because of what their friends will think and what their friends will say. How many of you all have ever faced that judgment? Like, um, you know, all of a sudden you're talking a little different, you're acting a little different, and your friends are like, what is this all about? Is, is that any of you guys? I still get this a lot from family members who still can't see me as a pastor. They're like, yeah, I, I just can't see it because I knew you then. I love that, by the way. I love that. I love it when somebody from my past comes up and says, no offense, but you're the last person I would ever think would be a pastor. That's the greatest compliment I ever get. Why? Because that gives all the glory to him. That allows me to say, amen, man. I was the least, I'm the least of these. I should not be doing this. I'm unqualified. Un I'm all of the things that I should not be. And yet, and yet he chose me anyways. And it's because of nothing that I did. It's because of everything that he did. And I can just point it right back to that. I'm free to do that. And that's part of the freedom I'm talking about. It's freedom to not give a rip what people think. And I don't mean that then I can just say hateful things and be mean. I mean because then I can be free to say what I want and you can, you can accept it or not accept it. I can do that in every walk of my life because I understand the freedom that I walk in. And I, I just understand a little bitty, little bitty, tiny piece of it. I personally believe that persecution's coming for this body. I just want you all to understand that. And I, and I don't mean, I know we could go immediately to the government. And yes, I do think the government will eventually crack down on churches and there will be persecution in that manner. I'm talking about if we start walking in freedom, religious people don't like that. Religious people will start poo-pooing on what you're doing. They will start speaking out against you. They will start calling you false. They will start saying all of these sort of things. And if we are not truly free, it'll affect us. If we're truly free, bring it on. Because what will happen if you and I are truly free is we'll say, amen, we'll bask in that stuff. We'll say, amen, you're right. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm the least of these. That's exactly why we are where we are. It's because we give Him the honor, we give Him the glory, and what I believe will happen if we are truly free, those people that are stuck in religious organizations, in religious churches, under religious dogma, they will eventually see, hey, there's freedom over there, there's joy over there, there's peace over there, there's Jesus over there. I'm going to leave this stuff that is dead, stale, stagnant, chains, bondage, affliction, and I'm going to go over there where there's freedom, where there's peace, where there's joy, 
where there's Jesus. I was all beating myself up. I'm just going to be honest with you because last week in that moment I was up here and I felt really heavily that God was saying, there's some people right now that are dealing with anger and you need to sit right here for just a moment and let the Holy Spirit work on them because I'm doing something here and I need you to wait a minute because I'm doing something and it just felt awkward. So in that moment I spoke it out, but then I felt really awkward because I don't consider myself a prophet. I don't usually see things or really feel things like that. But in this moment I did and I felt like God was saying, wait, but instead I spoke it out and then I just went on to this clumsy closing prayer and I let us leave. And I was just beating myself up all week like, Man, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you in that moment right there, wanting to offer freedom to somebody, and you blew it, dude. You blew it. And I just couldn't shake the feeling this week that there's people that need to get free. So I'm going to read a couple more things that I have wrote down here. I'm going to say a couple more things, but I want you all to know something. I came in here this morning like all excited, like this is cool. And then Jennifer comes to me. She's actually talking to Beth first. She says, I feel like God woke me up at like 3.30 this morning and he was speaking to me and he gave me a word for the congregation that I'm supposed to give at the end, but I need to ask Jason for permission. So she asked me and she's like, I mean, I'm going to wait and see if it fits in, but it's about freedom. I was like, are you serious? It's about freedom? And she's like, yeah, it's this scripture right here. And I was like, (laughs) come on now. Only God can do this stuff. Because I'm telling you, this is... I'm just telling you for me personally, just for me, I mean, you guys know, I I, I battled even being a pastor forever. I, I fought that title. I, I, fought, I, still really, I still really don't like it because it, I feel like it makes this class system where then people look at me on a higher level than them. Come on now, there ain't no junior Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves in you and talks to you and moves through you the same as it does to me. He may have called me to a different spot in the church as you, but He's just as living. He's just as active. He can do just as much through you if you're willing as He can through me. And so, <clears throat> let's see if I, need, if I even need to read anything else here. Um, oh, I did want to say this. I did want to say this. As I talked about being afflicted, there's, there's these things, you know, there is, there is possession, but there's also this just being afflicted where you're like oppressed. And that is a thing. And, and some of this is things that we brought on ourselves. Sometimes we, we dabble in things that we shouldn't dabble in, and it gives the enemy a foothold. And a lot of times it is just this. It's, it's, it's anger or it's whatever. It's like, it's like the enemy has this foothold in me that any time he needs to send me spiraling out of control, I have this thing, this built-in foothold that he can grab a hold of and he can get a hold of my ear and he can send me spiraling out of control. Um, some of it is personal things that we've let him in. Some of this stuff is generational And I want to touch on this just for a minute because I saw someone in my life just in the last few months pray this prayer like, God, I want you to break off these things from my past, these these things that came generationally from my grandparents, from my parents. Like, I want you to break this off of me. I, I break ties with any of these generational curses, went through this prayer, and the freedom was immediate and like, life-changing. 
Like freedom happened at a level in a, in a time frame that I've never experienced in the, in the church setting. So, so what I want to say today, I'm going to turn this over to Jennifer and let her do whatever she wants, however she wants to wrap this up. Um, is you need freedom. Sometimes, sometimes you're going you're gonna to pray a prayer and that freedom's going to flood in like a, like a tsunami. And I saw this thing, I think I quoted this maybe last week too, where it talked about Christian maturity doesn't come from knowing more Bible verse. It comes from being obedient to God. It comes from being willing and stepping out and doing the thing and you grow more mature as you do that. Why? Because part of it's because we mess up. Hopefully we're in a place here where we give each other grace to mess up. So sometimes it's immediate, it floods in. Sometimes it's going to come in over a period of time as you become willing and obedient to what God's calling you in your life. It can come both ways, and one is not better than the other. They're just different. Jennifer, you come on up. They're just different. The question is, are you willing to surrender to the process? And so I started out saying it's one point in this, this random gibber. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I need you to identify that Christ has set you free from sin. He has, he has cleaned your holy temple so that the Holy Spirit could come in and indwell you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. The question is, are you so bound up and wrapped up in chains and, and past stuff that you're not listening, hearing, or yielding? I believe something happens. When you can take the power away from something that's over you. Mitch has talked, have I talked about this a lot, how we have to get to a place where we are just open with one another. We're just an open book. <clears throat> so this morning I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to, I'm going to challenge some people that will come up here with me just in case we get more people. But if there's something in your life that just, that's holding you back, that has you stuck in something that's keeping you from just chasing after the Lord and feeling freedom to do so. But the Lord has paid for the freedom of His servants and He will freely pardon those who love Him. He will declare them free and innocent when they turn to hide themselves in Him. Not in their anger, not in their resentment, not in their unforgiveness, not in their bondage, not when they build walls to protect themselves, but when they decide to turn and hide themselves in Him. I'm going to challenge you. I'm, I'm going to be up here. I don't know who else wants to come up here with me and whoever wants to. I'm going to challenge you that if you have something in your life that you come and you have the guts to speak it out loud, for you to say, this is what I'm struggling with right now. The reason I think confessing to one another has power is because now the power the enemy could have used in that is gone. It's gone. 
What Jennifer and I did today is we loved you enough to come here and to grab you on your old dirty, rotten mat and drag you out into the sidewalk. And now we're hoping that just a shadow will fall on you so that you can get just a little taste of the freedom. Because what we see here is when you get a taste of the freedom, come on now, you ain't going back to bondage. I'm double dog daring you. Nobody can withstand a double dog dare. Nobody. Men, I'm challenging your manhood. And I want you, as we start to play this song, I want you to let the Spirit speak inside of you. Because if the thing that you think you're fighting with is just a symptom of the real thing, I want to hear about the real thing. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty and I want you to say, this is the thing that's causing me to react this way. This is the thing that's causing me pain. This is the thing that's keeping me off. This is the thing that's keeping me from being the person that God created me to be. That's a double dog, dear. Dear, dear, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment in time and I believe with my whole heart that you are right here amongst us. God, right now I'm praying boldness on your people. I'm praying freedom for your people. God, I'm asking that your people would be willing to step out, to stop being stuck and stagnant in the same dark place, that it's time for us to step out, to step into something new, to shine light on something that's being hid in the darkness, whether it's sin, whether it's shame, whether it's something that someone else has done to us that we've held inside of us for so long that it's rotting and festering and stinking. It's time that we lance that thing and let all of that junk out so that it can be replaced with freedom, with the Spirit, so that we can move, we can operate, we can be truly new creations in you. God, I ask that you move on your people as you would move on them, but that you give them the boldness to be willing to step out and to proclaim victory and freedom. And that that thing you cried out in the cross would be reverberating throughout this building today. It is finished. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.